and welcome to Spa Speakers Podcast, an intermittent podcast which ruminates and contemplates the activities of a Toastmasters club based in the Royal Leamington Spa. In this episode, Andy and I will look back at 2020, and we will look back at the events and achievements of Spa Speakers in a rather tumultuous year of transition and challenges. We will survey the 47 speeches that made up the 2020 calendar year programme of Spa Speakers, and we will celebrate all the amazing diversity and achievements of those speeches. In this episode, Andy and I will reflect and evaluate the lessons that we've learned from this last year and how they may inform our next steps in 2021. Just to note that this episode was recorded before Christmas and invariably there will be mention of mince pies and reindeer. We hope you enjoy the episode. On to the show. I'm joined today with Andy, my erstwhile companion on the podcast. Hi, Andy. Hello, Sonny. I really appreciate you hauling me out of my my gloomy cave. So it's really nice to to be with you. Well, I think we both have dragged each other out of our <laughs> torpor. It is a time of hibernation, and yeah, for the moment, it allows us to resist the sirens of mince pies and mulled wine and copious amounts of calories that will only come to haunt us in the aftermath of Christmas. I'm, so, I'm brushing the crumbs off my trousers as we speak. Well, for a moment then you get a break from the, the munching. And so Andy and I, we're going to talk about 2020. What a year it's been so, Andy, when I mentioned the word, that's like the, the date of 2020, what comes to mind? What words come to mind looking back at the year? Well, pandemic is like a, a monolithic and sort of, yeah, just above like a dark cloud over this this last year. However, I do remember lighter times and the, that kind of warmth and energy of meeting together. And it was really back, you know, back at the early parts of 2020, it was another new beginning for Spa Speakers. And we had just moved into our new home, um, the Leamington Free, Lillington Free Church, rather. And... Yeah, it, it was sort of new new beginnings and sort of establishing new routines and and roles 
and then it all kicked off. Do you remember that, Sunny? Do you remember us <laughs> actually meeting face to face? It feels like an echo of a bygone century. And in, in actuality, you're quite right. It wasn't that long ago. We had physical meetings at the start of 2020 and we made our switch to online meetings from late March. So we had three months of club meetings at our new venue and we had moved into our new venue at the tail end of 2019. And certainly it was a time of moving to a new location, getting to grips with the requirements of our new location, the acoustics of our new setting. Uh, And that process of, of adaptation was one that instilled a sense of energy, a sense of mm. dynamism. And I think you're quite right how it was a time of looking forward you know, to a new beginning, you know, a new chapter in the history of Spa Speakers, where we'd spent 15 years at Heavenly House, now in a new venue. The challenge was very much to make that venue our own home, mm. our new home. So yes, at um, physical meetings, gosh, yeah, they, um, I can hear them echo and reverberate in my memory. And that was quite some time ago. And... Yes, yeah. And do you remember when we, we were sort of at a point where we weren't sure whether, you know, should we meet, shouldn't we meet? And we were uh, discouraging or even sort of banning um, handshakes um, just for sort of hygiene purposes and finding, I think you perhaps pro- proposed strategies for the, the the greeting you know rather than a handshake we would sort of tap our our chest our heart and a more yeah sort of finding initial ways to to get around it but still with that determination and attachment to to, to meeting together and it at the time I just really couldn't believe that that would have yeah been stopped yes yeah, so I mean that was a pivotal point I mean I think that the prelude to the lockdown by and large people's responses were quite spread out there it was quite diverse you know, divisive as to how people treated the the pandemic for many people COVID-19 was something that didn't apply to the British shores it was something that was carrying out and taking place on far-flung shores away from from Lillington Free Church. And there were others of us who forecast the dangers of the the virus. And with any organisation, a voluntary organisation comprising at that point of, I'd say off the top of my head, about over 35 members, all of those people will will have had differing opinions about the severity of the, the virus. And at that point, as the president of SPA speakers for the 2019-2020 TMI calendar year, I had to find a, a way to reconcile those that divergence of opinions to observe the lie of the land, to assess the risks uh, the the viability of meetings and the impact of physical meetings on on our on our club members and that 
I, I, looking back, I felt was very much a lesson in timing, finding the pivotal point at which to um, implement a, a change in the, the structure of the club, the formation mm. of the club, the, the, the delivery of club meetings. And I think if we look at some of our other Toastmaster clubs in the Area 42 and beyond, some clubs were very quick to port over to online meetings. I think we relatively, we delayed making that transition. And I know that caused some consternation for, well, one person, Mm. possibly one or two, but... Yeah, for one or two people, they could not understand why we didn't port over to online meetings straight away. And you know, I very much felt that with a volunteer organisation, you have to ensure that everybody is on board, or otherwise the, the burden of governance in the end just is uh, is left to one or two bodies and for the size of our club, that just wouldn't be fair. Moreover, would it be practical? Um, so I think my lesson from that point was making a decision that involves the collective interests of every single member in the club is certainly in the framework of a voluntary organisation is not one that can be made instantaneously. There's a certain degree of stepping back and observing the situation to size up and appraise the situation and to canvas and collect thoughts of all the stakeholders to establish what is possible. So that's quite a political answer, isn't it? At, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> one day, one day, Sonny, I, I thought you made some really sound decisions around that as, as president and, you know, you did allow for people to to absorb some of the the, the changes the the potential move to online and uh, to allow some breathing space as well as taking decisive action in advance of the sort of government recommendations so you you could you could predict what was coming and what was the right decision for the sort of health and safety of the the members and so yeah i i thought you dealt with that really um you know re- really really Effectively, yeah. yeah I, I mean, you're quite right. I mean, our enforcement of social distancing predates any government guidance. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I very much took the guidance and direction from the World Health Organization, and seeing the state of the the virus from beyond our UK shore, and forecasting how that would play out in the UK is something that, you know, uh, in a sense was quite a political decision. It Mm. was certainly one that wasn't led by any governance within Toastmasters. I think Toastmasters certainly wanted to sit. There there was no decision at that point. And I think it's what we have here is an example of uh, an organisation at grassroots level being much more rapidly able to uh, make an make an instinctive and yet informed decision based upon mm. circumstances that pertain to that club. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, so, yeah. and whilst I think we, we, we did sort of crave some, uh, yeah, much sort of clearer guidance from um, higher up the organisation, um, perhaps that was one of your um, sort of learning curves and challenges which you, you, you rose to. So that is, mm. I think, a big, um, you know, a, a success and something to, to remember that about how you, 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 you looked out and considered the impact of all the members of the club and what was the, the right decision at the right time. It's a, I think it's very difficult for Toastmasters with 400,000 members across the world, circumstances that, that related to each of those clubs is so fundamentally tied with their, their setting. And I think for, certainly for Toastmasters International, I suspect possibly as the impact of the virus in America, it, it followed a chain that spread from, from the Far East across the world. And, and I think America got the, the, the latent brunt of the, the virus, which is possibly what delayed any response from TMI itself at that point in time. Hmm. Now thinking about how we we shifted over to the Zoom <laughs> Zoom meetings, and I, yeah, it, thinking back, it it did seem to to go fairly smoothly. I know we, we'd had meetings in advance of you know what, what what sort of format to do the meetings in, and but but we got them going, and I think you you've been instrumental in. Sort of finding a, a know-how of Zoom and, and and knowing how to operate it, um, maybe to your uh, dissatisfaction at times, yeah. knowing that we, we we call upon you to to help sort it out and to let people through the waiting rooms, etc. And all tech support, but even then, yeah. that that was a point of making it a political decision. You know, to many. Many organisations, certainly within Toastmasters, instantaneously jumped over to to Zoom. And I remember mm. looking back; we consciously decided to delay that decision, and and that was by and large due to our concerns about security. Uh, yeah, at that point, Zoom wasn't an encrypted platform; it was the new platform on the block, and weighing up accessibility, usability, and data security. Those are all factors that needed careful analysis. Mm. And I think, and that also played a part in our slight delay in moving over to online meetings. But it came from a place of looking to guarantee the security and delivery of meetings for our members i didn't want us to be in a situation where we would make promises that we would then have to then retract and mm. if we think about the values of toastmasters it is one you know, those values very much center upon being authentic and sincere you know, there's a stream of honesty that runs through all of tmi's activities and certainly that of spa speakers and sometimes in life, you know, to make, to undergo a transition, 
to affect a, a gear change or a change in direction, you have to somehow at that point take your foot off the gas, let the vehicle coast, get your mm. bearings and your wherewithal, time and space to think, and then you make your actions. You shift gear, turn the wheel, and drive. Yeah, to, to, to have a sense of where, where you're headed as well and the, the terrain that lies in front. Well, thinking about when we did start online, it did, in a sense, divide our club membership in that there were clearly members who, when it got to the point of renewing memberships, it just uh, you know didn't want to continue with the online format. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't know the full ins and outs of people's reasons, but I've become clear on, I think, some of my motivations for for, for, for being with SPA. And I think, f for me, a huge aspect is the, the social connection and, uh, and, and just sort of witnessing other people's growth and being part of that and sharing my own world with within my, my, my speaking and uh, yeah just continuing that really positive friendly experience that I get from being at the club and I, I, I think going through the stresses of the pandemic and the ups and downs of family life through this year I, did, I, I really needed that stability whilst it was really different I needed that um, I needed you know the I needed this, you know, spa speakers really to, um, to, you know, I needed to be part of that, that, that group, um, which I feel really grateful for. It sounds in many ways as if spa speakers has provided you with a safe harbour, a life buoy, And in a period of great turbulence that we will have witnessed for our respective jobs, the transition from physical places of work to virtual uh, you know, virtual forums and all of that anxiety and you know, concerns, that fog of disquiet that we've all been operating within over the last much of 2020. In that fog, you there is something compelling about a constant, you know, some stream, some thread of normality that seems through and cuts through all of that state of, of claustrophobic anxiety. And it sounds to you and, and I think to me that having that access to a community, a collective <clears throat> A celebration, a, a collective, a, you know, a chance to down tools and meet together by the virtual campfire, so to speak. Yeah. Is something that has been of immense value to both of us. Mm. Yeah. Some toasted marshmallows along the way. And I think, um, you know, you talked about how virtual meetings provided a way to celebrate people's growth and development. Mm. And, 
And yes, you know, as with any other Toastmaster club, we found our membership contract by mm. over a half, and that has played out with every single Toastmasters club across the the entirety of the globe. But keeping that flame alive, keeping the traditions alive and being there for each other gave us a chance to follow the core value of respect and service. Two of the fundamental four values of Toastmasters. And perhaps that is the greater silver lining of 2020. We think about those core values of Toastmasters. They will oscillate at differing pitches and at various points in a club there will be points where one or two values become more overt and become more prominent and i think certainly 2020 the value of service has come to the fore for many of us we spend our days in, in virtual meetings and there may be qualms about attending a virtual Toastmasters meeting. And I know, I know there have been times when I thought, really? And yet, actually, we, we still step up and attend mm. and we do it out of a love and care and compassion for our fellow Toastmasters to be there mm. to support them in the journey. Yeah. And yeah, as you say, it's, it's a sort of a shared responsibility and we know that it's an unspoken thing now with the, the, the numbers we have that if, you know, if we don't turn up, then it will impact on the, 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 the meetings. You know, it will it'll be really noticeable that there won't be people to complete roles. Or So that's why it's been really, I think, reassuring that there have been enough people to, to cover all the roles and still have really fun and energetic, productive meetings. And ones where you know, quite a few of the members have got that momentum and used it for their momentum of public speaking. And I'm thinking of a couple in particular where they've been able to use the online practice to then uh, really excel at work and have shared that, haven't they, in, a, in their, you know, in, in sort of private messages to the committee about successes they've had with you know, doing online speeches, which has really sounded like sort of surprised them and they felt really proud about. It, it, yeah, it's most interesting that I think there is there are great parallels to be had between physical and virtual meetings. Though you are quite right, there are a number of members who I think have particularly excelled with online meetings, almost as if they have taken on a broadcasting style of delivery which is more attuned and more akin to the tv or uh, the internet rather than physical spaces and it's given them a chance to broaden their skill set and i think that's part of the challenge in toastmasters no matter what the duration of tenure is in toastmasters is to become an ever more adaptive and fluent public speaker who's able to mm. adjust to the the medium and the setting. And I think the members who certainly have 
continued on this journey through 2020, consistently attending virtual meetings, I think they'll probably look back and recognise that they have become better public speakers. Yes, yeah, I thoroughly agree. Yeah, and it, it, this, I, I think, it can reduce the level of nerves that we get in that sort of physical space where we're together and we can sort of almost hear each other breathe and sort of the, the squeaking of the chairs and it it reduces the, the, the all, all the excess of uh, uh, of distractions and and things that we can overstimulate us and so we can then just focus a little easier and have the comfort um one of our, our newer members is sort of sharing that with me about here, how you know, it t- takes away the need to think. Oh, well, you know, wh- where are my feet right now, and what am I doing with my hands? You can, you can, you you can just look at the screen and and talk. And it, whilst you can add to that, it does allow, I think, it uh, a more stable starting point rather than being thrust upon the the, the, the stage and um, and sort of feeling you have to put it all together. It's a good point, and I think in some ways it's provided a scaffolded uh, transition uh, and int- a, a gentle introduction to t- delivery of speeches. And you know, mm. certainly in 2020, amongst our 47 speeches, we've seen three icebreakers. And it'd be interesting to ask our three icebreaker speakers how they felt about speaking through a zoom meeting was it mm. more daunting or was it was it more of a gentle introduction It'd be really mm. interesting to kind of canvas their opinions certainly i think with with online meetings they've given us a chance to isolate a particular dimension of public speaking if we look at public speaking there is the content and the delivery and with online meetings, the requirements to construct, build a speech that is has a clear start, middle and end and uses vocal variety through a, a rich and uh, encompassing inclusive vocabulary that still has played out with online meetings. It's, in many ways, it's given us a chance to focus on narrative, to focus on the principles of, of building a story. And I think in some ways it's allowed us to focus much more clearly on the the task of scripting a speech. Mm. Yeah, which I find a challenge and I feel somewhat exposed and I can't just waft my, my arms around to sort of distract people. Uh, I, I, it, it does create a, 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 yeah, a need to have a really tight, yeah, well, well thought out, well paced speech, and you know you can rely less on sort of body language because there's limitations through the screen, and you know you can't, yeah, there's yeah less opportunity as you say for the those aspects of delivery which you would in a in a room it's almost as if the online medium applies a microscope a spotlight to narrative to 
the actual words which are used in a speech, which can often get obscured or somewhat displaced through a physical speech in an in-person speech where more of the emphasis of communication switches through to the non-verbal cues and in contrast much like you would see on the tv a speech in a digital framework places that greater emphasis on the bricks of the words that make up that spiel Yes, yeah, and it, it makes me think about earlier in the year when I, I was taking part in the humorous speech contest and it, it went from the the excitement of this the, the rounds of the, comp, uh, uh, the contest face-to-face and then when I got, um, yeah, I, I'd got a, a place in the semi-final which was due to be in Kalani and then it all moved, you know, the 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 contest moved online and that was a disappointment but also a, a, a huge learning curve and I found it really quite interesting experimenting with practicing my speech and fr- from this discussion now I'm thinking about how I think I overthought the sort of the stagecraft aspects of the speech and Perhaps it, I should, I should have really got to grips with the, the, the yeah, just the, the the flow and the, the, the storytelling and the the transitions of just speaking and it for it not to be as over the top. Um, and I was sort of trying to, I think transfer something I I, I do on a bigger stage, you know, wanting to make an impact and sort of trying to think, you know, how can I do that through a screen? How can I bring that energy and variety through movement? And I'm not convinced that I did that. And that's why it's it's really fascinating being able to experiment through, through speaking online and noticing just something you can easily watch other people do through YouTube and on TV and, and notice, you know, what really makes us listen and uh, and follow what, what someone's um, talking about. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that speech that you delivered for the Human Speech Contest, it was a little bit like taking your speech into the garage, you're switching tracks, and you've got to put on a different set of tyres for a new setting of online delivery. And then you may kind of presume that, well, OK, I've, you know, I've tinkered with my speech. I've retrofitted a different spoiler on the speech or a different set of tyres and uh, adjusted the aerofoils on, on the, uh, the speech. And it's ready to go. But it's far from it mm. being the case. So it's adapting to... Um, to uh, to online to to an online platform is something that for all of us has not necessarily been a seamless mm. undertaking. It's we yeah. all may presume that it's it's how different can it be? I mean, how challenging can it be? And yet, 
there are challenges there, there and it takes practice to adapt to that to a new um, to a new form of delivery that we may be unaccustomed to and i think i think for some members they may presume that you know they attend virtual meetings and therefore they they through dint of just regularly attending virtual meetings at work then they naturally have learned all that's required of delivery of online speeches and i don't think i think that's a bit of a an easy misapprehension to fall mm. into yes and it, it's still really early days and i know we, we have been at club meetings experimenting we I remember yeah Tom Hebert did a just a minute um, sort of themed theme meeting, and there's been speaker thongs, back to back speeches, and yeah, so it's some really quite fun, exciting meetings. But in, in yeah, in terms of getting the, the the content right, there are sort of question marks over you know if we if we continue in in uh, you know using the the online methods about yeah how we structure because we, we still structure our meetings in quite the traditional way generally and whether yeah that there, there, sh there should be alterations to the structure of the meetings or certain certainly how how we deliver the um our, our sort of our, our speaking and an evaluation there's a lot of learning to do. Yeah, the, we're only in some ways in the foothills of that learning curve, and I suspect 2021 will provide us with ample opportunity to innovate mm. um, and adapt and modify and vary the format of meetings. I think, to a great extent, there is something to be had in drawing a strong thread of parallel similarity between physical meetings and online meetings but when a toastmaster drops into a spa speakers meeting the very fact that the structure is very much familiar to them through attendance of physical meetings there is that reassurance of of a constant that uh, the security and familiarity of something that is all very well familiar provides some reassurance in a time of great disquiet and anxiety. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of on the fence on because I, I, I do th I agree that in, in in the physical meetings we need the. That, that structure that you know that habit of knowing what will come next about you know where do I fit into the meeting what should I be doing right now when do I you know when do I clap when do I listen when do I um you know what, what am I looking for and it it really guides us in our experience of the meetings and to some degree I, I agree it's it's comforting with um the online meetings but there's something to me anyway, less stimulating about the online meetings from a, a and, and I feel there's a need for novelty, more novelty within the meetings to, and novelty and participation, because whereas in a physical setting, we'd be, you know, there sort of taking it in through all our senses. It's, it's just really coming in now from our, our eyes and ears and, 
yeah, I, I, I think that to keep engagement, there needs to be participation and novelty, or more, more anyway, than um, in the face-to-face format. I agree. There are challenges in maintaining attendance levels at Spa Speakers, as they would be for any other Toastmasters mm. club. And mm. the challenge there is to instill sources of stimulation and excitement within the constrictions of a medium that, as you quite rightly point out, is does not necessarily use all of our senses. Mm. And it'd be interesting to see how in 2021 some of those innovations mm. take place. And we've already very luckily at the tail end of 2020 at uh, one of our last meetings, well, our penultimate uh, meeting of 2020, Tom conducted and delivered his just a minute mm. evening. And that, I think, shows the way forward for other types of master mm. clubs that we don't necessarily have to stick with the tried and tested recipe. If we to think about this time as an interregnum, as a, as a sabbatical time that will, an an inter-period an inter of time, then there's mm. space there to innovate and to go off-piste. And the reassurance is once mm. physical meetings resume again, you can snap back into that traditional format. Yes, yeah. I mean, and, and I do assume that we'll be going back to meeting face-to-face and, um, you know, do pray for that and really want it to, to happen. But I'm just thinking about, like, my, my employer, for instance, who's talking about new ways of working, more or less, you know, sort of talking about agile working, working from home, and, you know, you're really sort of shifting um, the, the, the the culture and the, the format around work and, um, what I'm getting at is will the online function of sort of communication and I do wonder how it will become a bigger part. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I, yeah, I don't want to say it would replace um, face-to-face meetings. Um, I, I would really hate that, but I'm wondering if it would become like an auxiliary um, part of perhaps learning or, you know, some ad- additional um options will be available in that way yeah i think putting on my sort of careers advisor hat here the the world of work onwards is one where there will be a hybrid approach of both the physical and physical domains converging you know, job interviews there is most likely now going to take place through virtual means i mean of course it would it's uh, it's cheaper for both all parties involved it's it's less of an investment in time and um, resources. Uh, I think online meetings are here to stay and it behoves for us to f- master the skills and it, there are a different set of skills with online meetings to be ready for 2021 and beyond. But yeah, mm. I think physical meetings, certainly that will always be the core component of Toastmasters meetings and certainly that of spa speakers and the online domain is, is think of it if you would will a bolt on to 
an augmentation to our default format of meetings. I'm glad you said that, Sonny. I'm so hoping to get back as soon as we can. And who can. knows when that'll be? Uh, I guess it's a case of watching this space. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at least we've we, we've got this this way of of meeting now, and yeah, it, yeah. Hopefully by by summertime, it would be nice to yeah to to be back in in the room together. And certainly, I think summertime is is a realistic benchmark for us to aim for that's probably the most likely time by which physical meetings can be will take place in a safe and secure manner and until then we keep Mm. the flame flickering and that's you know hats off to everybody who has continued consistently to attend online meetings many of them have possibly struggled in the early days with preconceptions about online meetings and um, qualms about the, the value of of online meetings but I feel that many of our members who've attended online meetings they have done so from a place of service where they haven't asked themselves what can I get out of this they've asked themselves what can I give and what they give is their time their listening skills, their ears, their presence, albeit by proxy through the window of an online meeting. So uh, hats off to them. Hmm. Yeah, mine is, uh, my flat cap <laughs> yeah, is being doffed. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> pats, on the, uh, pats on the back all round. <laughs> Bravo. Yeah, yeah. No, we we've done well to, yeah, to to you know to to really, yeah, create a a creative and productive environment um, to, to, together. Yeah. And the engine room of Spar Speakers continues to hum. So there we are. We've come to the end of the podcast show. Well, we've come to the end of 2020 and onwards to 2021. In 2020, we can look back and see how we have mastered online platforms, online virtual speeches using platforms such as Zoom. And that learning continues. There's still much to learn. And into 2021, we go. And who knows what lies ahead? Certainly there'll be more virtual meetings and at some point hybrid meetings and then a return to some semblance of normality. Well, we look forward to those hallowed days of summer. Until next time, when we meet again on the Spa Speakers podcast. Take care and Happy New Year. Thank you.